Hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day that you have made. And particularly, Lord, we are thankful for the next generation of faith that you are rising up. Lord, we know how we have so anxiously waited for a new wave of generations to come through this church. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful, Lord, that you are doing that now through through the leaders, particularly, Lord, through, through Shane and her leadership. Uh, today we celebrate that. Uh, Lord, as our Father, we know that um, today, with Father's Day, we turn to you and can see, we can see that everything that's been created is because of you, is through you, and by your voice. It's a voice that has called us into righteousness, into rightness, into right living. But Lord, we recognize that you as our Father, there's been those times when we of your children have been rebellious, not even wanting to listen to your voice or search it out. So Lord, forgive us today for all those ways in just this past week that we have strayed from seeing you as our Father, neglected to recognize you. But Lord, thank you that as a loving Father, your desire is is to see us thrive, to see us with life, fulfilling that purpose that you've put within each of us. Thank you that we can read the Bible front to back and see a loving Father whose desire it is to restore us, to set us on that path that brings us life. Thank you, Lord, for calling us children of God. In fact, Lord, hear us as we now say those words that you taught us, saying, our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Have a seat for a moment. We're going to have Brandon come up. He's going to uh, do a scripture reading that helps us see into what it is that we are now called as God's children. And then we'll have a vocal response. Thanks, Brandon. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Okay, so I wanted to just wish you all a happy Father's Day today, and I wanted to look at First uh, John, and here he tells us that our Father loved us, and we are his children, so this is an amazing thing that we get to be called his children. So today, oh, when I go into my sermon, Felipe has a song for us, but when I go into my sermon, I'll tie this all together for you. Go ahead, Felipe. my soul, my Savior God to me, how great thou art, how great thou art, my soul, 
God is good. All the time. Amen. So, Shana, come on up. This is Shana's first ever sermon. Shana uh, was one of the first people to start coming to the church right around the time that I had started. That was, how do we say this nicely? Younger? <laughs> and it's been a joy to have her spunk in leadership in this church ever since. And as many of you know, she started seminary this fall and winter. So it's been, it's been a joy personally as a leader in the church to see how being together and the influence in her life has now brought her into this next phase and step. So it's my honor to pray for Shana before she preaches her first sermon. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for what you have done and are doing in the life of our sister. Thank you that, that for her, seeds of faith were planted, watered, and sprung up. First there in the Malibu church and mission trips to Brazil, and then here at Canoga Park Press, turned now into River of the Valley. Thank you for that journey. Thank you that our journey has been parallel with her journey, and that as we are reviving and finding new life, that you have also been doing that in her own sense of call. Now, Lord, we pray that you would speak through her, that the preparation that she has done would now flow through her life and her example that we've seen, and now through her mouth and words as she shares God's word with us. May you speak through her now. It's in your name we pray, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to invite Madison up. We're going to start with our psalm, how we typically do. So uh, Madison is going to share with us a psalm now. So this is Psalm 9, 9 through 20. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a, song, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for Lord have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing in the praises of the Lord, enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers he does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Lord see ho sees how many how my excuse me how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up from the gates of death, that I may declare your praises in the gates of daughter Zion, and there rejoice in your salvation. The nations have dug have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the works of their hands. The wicked go down in the realm of the dead. All the nations that forget God, but God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Arise, Lord, do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, Lord. Let the nations know they are only mortals. Yes, thank you, Madison. It's been really interesting to work with our youth here at River of the Valley. Many of them I've known for a long time, and especially Madison, her and I go way back. But here it's, it's been uh, an adventure because we're starting just from the ground up, and we've been really uh, looking to God to see how he wants us to help cultivate them, help them grow. 
And one thing, uh, as Jonathan mentioned, I'm in seminary, and I was taking an ethics class this year, uh, this quarter. Seems like a long time, but it really flies by. <laughs> um, and in the ethics class, uh, there was a, one of my professors wrote a paper on the book of Genesis, and that inspired me in our youth program to come up with like a series that I've been working with them on. So today we're going to start off with Genesis uh, verses chapter 2 and 3, the creation story. So let me get my technology working here. There we go. And while I was taking this class, he shared a paper. These concepts were not new to me, but for some reason this paper really spoke to me and kind of tied it all together. So I was hoping that by starting with the youth with this, it would help them to start to see these different aspects in their life and empower them. So we started with the book of Genesis, which we all know that our Old Testament starts with the book of Genesis, and this word actually in Greek means beginning. So it's very appropriate that our Bible starts with the beginning. And the second creation story, it's a narrative story in which we talk about Adam and Eve. It's a nice little storyline, it's easy to retell. And in this story, we see how uh, God establishes Adam and Eve with a special purpose. And he, we get a glimpse of what he intended for his creation. He breathes life into man and brings him to life and then puts him in the Garden of Eden, which is described like paradise. So we get this glimpse of this idyllic version of God's kingdom which is kind of hard for us sometimes to imagine in the fallen world that we live in. But this paper really helped me see that there are specific directions in the book of Genesis that help us to really focus and be intentional about the way we live our life so that we can tap into that richness and that abundance that God really wanted for us. So some of these, the five essential areas that I've been touching on with the youth are, one, developing our personal relationship with God. Doing our part to care for the environment. Learning to balance our work and our trust in God's provision. Discovering our own self-worth. And then also investing in those skills so that we can enhance our relationships with our partner, within our community, and really making that a priority. So today, I will share with you how this is going with the youth. <laughs> so we look at um, the first part here. And we've been looking at these different aspects and trying to get them to see how we navigate these things, how we fit them into our life, and how we cultivate them to see how we can live as we were designed to live by God. And first we start off with God took, the Lord God took dust from the ground and formed man from it. The Lord blessed, the Lord breathed the breath of life into man's nose, and the man became a living person. That's Genesis 2, verses 7 and 8. And this brings to light how important our personal relationship is with God. 
God's, this is the very foundation of God's provision for us. He breathed life into us. And he didn't just leave us in a barren desert so we could figure out how to survive. He put us in a garden where he gave us all the fruits and vegetables, a lush water supply, all these wonderful things so that we could thrive and we could be healthy. And so I've really been trying to tap your kids into learning to cultivate this relationship with God. How do we pray? How do we read the Bible? How do we find God when we're struggling with something, when we're wrestling with something? And I think it's really important to help them understand, I mean, they're getting to the age where they're influenced by a lot of different things. They're out there. They're more independent now. And so there's a lot of things reaching them, trying to get their attention, distracting them. And so it's really important for me to impress upon them that while their walk is very unique, as someone that's a part of their church, as someone that loves them, I want to keep teaching them that when they run into these struggles and when they have confusion or when they even want to celebrate, that they need to lift it up to God and let God help show them what's important about that. Why is it speaking to them? Why is it not speaking to them? And to develop that habit, to keep focusing on him, to have those daily routines so that they keep looking to him and trying to see why things make them feel aligned and why things bring them out of sorts. I want them to start to know what that feels like. What's it feel like to walk in alignment? What's it feel like when it's, it's not aligned, when it's chaotic? Next, the Lord God put the man in the Garden of Eden to care for it and work it. Genesis 2, verse 15. This one is sometimes hard for us city folks to get our mind around. <laughs> we don't live in farming communities so much here. But God put us in the garden and there's a responsibility. There's an expectation for us to care for our environment. And so sometimes we don't quite know how we're going to do that. We don't, a lot of us don't have gardens. But there's a lot of things that we can do to make sure that wholesome farming practices are practiced, that our soil is not poisoned, and that we care for those type of things. And this is a provision from God. If we don't take care of our soil, there's only so much of it. And once it's contaminated, it's no longer pure, and it really impacts our ability to live a healthy life. God made it so it is full of nutrients so that we can grow really healthy plants and vegetables and so the animals can thrive. So, you know, the kids need to look at, like, what is their role in the environment? How do they contribute in a positive way to the environment? That's a responsibility we all have. Then God said to the man, you listened to what your wife said, and you ate the fruit from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from. So I will put a curse on the ground, and you will have to work very hard for food. In pain, you will eat its food all the days of your life. Genesis 3, verse 17. This one is a hard one. Balancing our relationship with work and trusting in God's provision. We here in America come from a society where it is, you're not successful unless you rise to the top. It's competition, 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 work, work, work. And so how do we teach our kids that there's a balance, that we can't all be work? We're, we're God's children. 
He gave us the Sabbath. God gave us the Sabbath. On the last day, he took a satisfying rest. And he wants us to rest, too. He wants to give us time to renew our minds and to have that rest. When we talk about honoring the Sabbath with our kids, we have to show them how this applies to them. They go to school. They have extracurricular activities. They have friends. So how do they work this into their life? And God teaches us to abide by this by creating rhythms of work and rest. So helping them understand, like, when do we focus on work? When do we rest? When do we worship? This gives us the opportunity to worship God, to thank him for all the blessings that he's given us, and also to raise up our worries and concerns. So balancing work, very important. And then the fourth and fifth concepts, these are really intricately connected. Grasping one's own self-worth. From the ground, God formed every wild animal and every bird in the sky. He brought them to the man so the man could name them. And whatever the man called each living thing, that became its name. Genesis 2, verse 19. Imagine, you know, God bringing these animals to Adam and giving him the authority to name them. And this did a particular thing. It places Adam above the animals and gives him the authority to not only have kinship over them, but to take care of them. And so we have to realize ourselves, we were created with a purpose. We were created with love. We weren't just an afterthought. So knowing that we were created with love, we need to realize that there's a balance, right? We are not God, we're immortal, we're not in control of everything, yet we also must live into our appointed position. We can't live beneath the animals. We have to act in specific ways so that we are realizing that we do have responsibilities. There are expectations as God's children to care for our earth, to care for each other, to care for the world. And then having healthy relationships. But Adam did not find a helper that was right for him, so the Lord God caused man to sleep very deeply. While the man was asleep, God took one of the ribs from the man's body, then God closed the man's skin and placed at the place where he took the rib. The Lord God used the rib from the man to make a woman. Genesis 2, verses 20b through 22a. So God took Eve from Adam's rib. He didn't take her from his head or his foot. He took from a rib. So they're, they're equal. They're side by side. They're a partnership, not above or below. So he placed her above the animals too. And God intended us to live as a community together. And to do that, he established laws and put order into place. Now, these laws have changed because our society's changed a lot, and we are much different than the first society that he put in place. But he did this so that we could learn to live peacefully among each other. It's really hard to live <laughs> as a group of people. <laughs> so, you know, he did these things so we could have structures and figure out ways to be fair and God forbid when bad things happen to limit the punishment and and not 
continue to have people seeking revenge time and time again. Yet often in today's society, we're so concerned with like looking good and trying to impress each other that we don't often listen to what other people are saying. And it's really important for our youth to learn how to listen and really hear people and to listen to each other because a lot of times it's not about giving advice or telling somebody your opinion, it's listening. It's hearing what they say and then building each other up. We're not here to tear each other down. We're here to build each other up, to care for each other. And so that is something that I really hope that your kids learn. I mean, they all have different opinions. They, we talked about the vaccine recently and some of them don't want it. Some of them have got it two weeks ago. So there's these vast opinions and we have to teach them to have these conversations, to respect each other and to love each other. And when there's confusion and unsettling times to encourage each other and pray for each other. We know that as a church here, that we have such an array of people that we seldom agree on everything. <laughs> but one thing that I love about River of the Valley is that we keep choosing to come and sit at the same table. We keep choosing that God is what's going to be most important to us. Jesus Christ is who's most important to us. So we're going to overcome our differences, our fears, our confusion, and we're going to sit there and we're going to let him guide us. And it's been beautiful. So grateful to share that walk with you guys. So I've really been trying to impress these things upon the youth and help them to navigate their own way. I hope that today I've given you guys something to think about, that I can help you guys all see that there are some really specific areas in your life. Developing your personal relationship with God, doing your part to care for the environment, balancing work and your trust in God's provision, discovering your own self-worth, and investing in skills to prioritize those relationships with your community and your partner. They're all part of our original design. When we're out of sync with that, it's never good. We feel bad, we don't get along with others well, it makes a lot of friction in our life. But when we can get into harmony with that, we can really start to taste that rich and abundant life that God intended for us. So I hope that you guys will walk with your kids or our youth and discover these areas yourself, learn what it's like to be in harmony and also what it's like to get out of harmony and practice with us those things, prayer, reading the word, developing those skills. That's my hope for the kids, to really invest in them so that they, they have their God. God is there for them, and they know that wherever they are in life, whatever season, whatever trial they come across, they've got a God that's willing to listen, never too busy for them, and, and will let them have those opinions and work them out and hold them up to him and argue with him and celebrate with him. That's my hope. Thank you. So our father today, it's Father's Day. Um, I'm going to do my best to appreciate him and honor my Sabbath today. Take the rest of this day to relax. And I hope you all do that with us.
We will have a little something after our service today. So for all you gentlemen, um, some of our deacons have come together to do something special. And I'm going to invite Felipe back up. He's got a few songs for us. And also, um, I better pray for us. <laughs> if you'll bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wisdom. Thank you for your provision and for making so much available to us so that we are not alone, so that we have community and that we have rest. I'm so thankful that you've thought of all these things and that when I align myself with these things that I can I can feel good, I can have joy, I can keep my focus on you and stay attuned to the, your will. I pray my brothers and sisters here in Christ that these words touch them in some way and they could see the areas in their life where maybe they need to refocus and that it gives us all hope that there are things that we can do to have a richer, more abundant life. So thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for bringing me to River of the Valley and my amazing brothers and sisters. Thank you for creating a community here where we do respect one another, yet we all come to the same table and we share in the blessings that you so generously provided. In the name of Jesus, I pray.